and happy new year everyone uh, the lord is set to do great things for and with us in 2022 we will not miss out of of his of his goodness in the name of jesus so thank you everybody for for always joining uh, thank you for those who joined on time uh, while we wait for others let's just say a word of prayers as we start father we thank you for tonight Thank you for another year. Thank you for how you helped us to achieve last year. We ask as we go into your word this evening, you open our eyes, Lord. We're about to start a new series, the book of Revelations, preparing us for the second coming of the Lord. We ask that you, you speak to us, touch our hearts, touch our lives, Lord. We will not remain the same after this series, and especially today's lesson. You will help us to have a good foundation, a good understanding in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. So thank you once again uh, for joining. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, well, the, maybe I will start with um, the reason why I feel this book is important Um I, I wish I wish this was a platform where I can share screen or share images. But um, if someone is listening to me, you can just Google the image of a plant called water lettuce. Um, the water lettuce is is a, an interesting plant. It grows on water, and it spreads so fast. I mean, it spreads. It covers the water in 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 a couple of days. It can cover the water. But the issue with the water lettuce is that it's because it grows on water, it doesn't really have deep roots. Uh, yeah, it could spread on the surface of the water, but its roots are very, very, in fact, we can say it doesn't have roots. Because, you can't say its roots are shallow because the roots are actually on water. Uh, and um, a couple of years ago, God, God showed me this revelation that some of us in this in 21st century church, we are like the water lettuce. Uh, the church spreads. We, we have, especially in some certain parts of the world, we have churches in almost every street. We have churches here and there. We spread. But the church members are like water lettuce. We, we, we carry stickers on our cars, on our vehicles, on the doorposts of our houses, showing that we are Christians. But we are not deep at all, as in we are very shallow when it comes to the things of God. And I've had conversations, or I've heard people having conversations about end time, about things that will happen. I mean, there is one that is even trending in this part of the world uh, at this time. Everything is Antichrist. And I just I realized that it's because people, people, maybe the only knowledge a lot of us have of the book of revelation is from movies rather than the scripture itself a number of christians have never read the book of revelations themselves so it's always been reported speeches it's always been what someone said uh, somewhere and things like that so it's it's bred a lot of um permit me to say a falsehood uh, about end time about things that will happen 
and people can easily deceive people and claim that oh this is end time or oh, this is because this thing is antichrist this one is antichrist and a lot of and these things are in the bible that when these things happen know that it is a lie the things that people are shouting antichrist about the scripture says that when it is, it is happening people will shout about it but know that it is not true yet people are like just read the bible so this is one of the reasons why uh, we are doing this and um, I just think so I will use today to lay a foundation do a kind of introduction to the whole book and we get the architecture of the book of revelations um, however um, as much as we are going to be going uh, uh, scripture uh, and, and interpreting the Bible, we're also going to be doing a little bit of theology, a little bit of scholar, the scholastic aspect of the book. So we'll do the scholar aspect, and there are several schools of thoughts. I, I'll try as much as possible to talk about all, almost the, the schools of thought that I know that are available. I, I mean, we're all limited, so I may not know everything. But the schools of thoughts that I know that are available, and I will tell you the school of thoughts that I I submit to or I agree with, and why I agree with them. So you're free to come to your own conclusions, but it's going to be a scholastic um, um, approach as well. As much as we're doing the scriptural approach, we'll do a little bit of scholastic research on it as well. Look at several various schools of thoughts, uh, and then we'll come to our own uh, conclusion. Um, and I want us to know that the book falls into under three genres. The book um, is a literature, um, it's a letter, and then um, uh, uh, it's a letter, it's a prophecy, and it's it's an apocalyptic book. So um, the, the, the book is a letter written to certain churches. We're going to see that part. It's a prophecy of things that will happen. And it's also an apocalyptic book. Apocalypsis is the, the things that will happen in the end at the end of the world. So uh, those are the three genres the book falls into. Um, and twice, the uh, John, the author of the book, John itself, uh, John himself, refers to the book as a book of prophecy. So of course we we, we understand that um, that it will be uh, it's a book of prophecy in in chapter one verse three. We we'll read that in a bit. And also at the end, chapter 22, 18 to 19, uh, John talks about it, describing it as a book of prophecy. So now, if you're going to interpret uh, the book of Revelation, there are four uh, major points of views or opinions, um, views whereby uh, we can use in interpreting, or people have used in interpreting um, the book of Revelation. The first one is the preterist view. Um the preterists hold a, is a, an opinion that these things um, were written to the church in Rome at that time, the church in the days of John. That it's just the things that were happening at that time that God was, uh, Jesus was, uh, was, was addressing. So some people hold that point of view. Another view, second view, is the historic view. Um, they see it as a, a predictor of world history from the first century to the return of Christ. So the historians see it as okay. Is they see from the historical part the things that will happen at the at, that, at the time of John till 
the time of Christ, I mean the return of Christ. Uh, another, uh, 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 another point of view is the idealist view. Um, the idealists, uh, they, see, they don't see it as a timeline of events. Uh, uh, they don't see it as if it's a, it's, a, it's a particular event that was happening in the first century. Uh, they see it as a principle of God or like, like ideas of how God acts throughout history. So um, they see it as an ongoing struggle, not necessarily real life events that will happen. They just see it as, oh, it's just an idea of how God, the struggles between good and evil, how God has been happening. I mean, how God has been reacting or will react across uh, over history. Now, the fourth uh, point of view, are the futurist view. I hold this point of view. Um, we believe that the, the things that were written in the book of Revelations are the things that will happen in the future. Well, things were predicted in the book of Revelation will happen in the future. So, um, although that the futurist can also be subdivided into three, uh, uh, well, maybe I should, just, I should just talk about that briefly. Um, okay, we have the amillennial, the premillennial, and the postmillennial. But maybe when we get to when we get deeper in the book, I can just for that uh, break that down into into three. So, but I I hold this this um, this point of view. Although uh, to really fully understand the book of Revelation, you shouldn't just hold on to one um, point of view. You should borrow from other points of views. Then we can get a full. Uh, picture of the book okay so that parts of it that we're talking about the things that were happening at the time of john there are parts of it that talks about the principles of god there are parts of it that talks about uh, things that were happened from the first century to the return of christ there are parts of it that talks about even after the return of christ so that's why i said it's it's good to uh, have a blend or a mix uh of of these things and also, one thing I need to also tell us, the book is a book of sevens. There are several sevens in the book of Revelation. Seven this, seven that, seven this, seven that. And that's uh, definitely, seven uh, represents perfection. So, <clears throat> get ready. I'm going to be, I mean, I don't think we can ever exhaust. There's no time I've treated the book of Revelation that we've exhausted uh, the number of sevens. In the book of Revelation, that I, I have exhausted it. When you are just doing it again, you realize that there's another another set of seven somewhere. Okay, so let's just read it now. Uh, just read chapter one. Then I will do it step by step or a verse by verse uh, analysis. Look at some other verses to support it. And I also need to put this out there that the best way to interpret the book of Revelation or the best way to interpret Bible is by using Bible to interpret the Bible. So when we get to places whereby um, maybe there are conflict of opinions, look for supporting scriptures in that, I mean, in the Bible to, to either support or go against whatever verse we're, we're looking at. Uh, and I also need to put it out that like theologians will say that, that the Bible is self-critical. The Bible criticizes itself. The Bible explains itself. So uh, that's one thing we should, we should bear in mind. So let's just go chapter 1, verse 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants 
the events that must soon take place. So it's showing the things that will happen in the future. So that's verse number one, talking about the future. Uh, he sent his angel to present this revelation to his servant John, who faithfully reported everything he saw. This is his report of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Now, verse 3, this is very important and this is also scary at the same time. God blesses the one who reads the words of this prophecy to the church. So, for just for reading the book of Revelation, there is a blessing. And this is the only book, I mean, this is, just, this is the only book in the Bible that has a blessing attached to reading it. Just for reading it, there's a blessing. God blesses those who read the words of this prophecy. So John calling it a book of prophecy to the church. And he blesses all who listen to its message and obey what it says. So for listening, there's a blessing. Not just listening and obeying, there's a blessing. So I wonder if... if for reading, listening, and obeying, there is uh, a, a blessing. Then why are people running away from reading the book of Revelation? People, I don't know. I don't. I, I, maybe I'll, 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 I'll do further research to know when actually did we start getting scared about the book of Revelation? When did we start getting afraid to read the book of Revelations? So. Why will people be afraid? Why won't people uh, um, want to read it when it says you are blessed for just reading it? Then you are blessed for listening and obeying. So, uh, which means even the mere fact that we are even taking this series, there is a blessing attached to it already. Then, if you listen and obey, there is another blessing uh, attached to it. He said, for the time is near, the time for the fulfillment of the prophecies are near. So, this is the letter. This this letter is from John to the seven churches in the province of Asia. So, this is the reason why some people also hold this the well, opinion that it was just for the churches at around the time of John. Grace and peace to you from the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come. From the sevenfold spirits. Now, uh, sevenfold spirits. Let's look at let's look at this sevenfold spirit. Uh, okay, let's. I'm, I'm coming. Let's. Let me just read the whole verse. Uh, from the sevenfold spirit before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, he is a faithful witness to these things. The first to rise from the dead, and the ruler of all kings of the world. So the sevenfold spirit before the throne. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 11, uh, verse 2. Isaiah 11, verse 2. Isaiah 11, verse 2. Okay. Okay, let, let, let me read from verse 1 so that we understand what's happening. Uh, verse 1 says, Out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot, yes, a, brand, a branch bearing fruit from the old root. And the spirit of the Lord, number one, will rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom, number two. The spirit of understanding, number three. The spirit of counsel, number four. The spirit of might, number five. The spirit of knowledge, number six. 
and the fear of the Lord. Number seven. These no. So Isaiah eleven one was talking about Jesus, the the roots of Jesse, the roots uh, of of, uh, of uh, that's I mean the, the from the root of Jesse, uh, David's lineage. And it's saying this sevenfold spirit shall rest upon him. Now, Revelation chapter 1, verse 5. Now talked about this sevenfold spirit. Verse 4. Grace and peace from you who was, who is, and who was, who is still to come from the sevenfold spirit before the throne. Now, because Jesus had gone before the throne, he has gone to heaven and he said we are joint heirs. So I also possess those sevenfold spirits. Imagine you have the spirit of the Lord. Let, let me read it again so that we, we understand what we, how, I mean, uh, the access we have and the kind of advantage we have as Christians. 11 verse 2. The spirit of the Lord will rest upon you. The spirit of wisdom will rest upon you. The spirit of understanding will rest upon you. The spirit of counsel will rest upon you. The spirit of might will rest upon you. The spirit of knowledge will rest upon you. And the spirit of the fear of the Lord will rest upon you. I mean, if these sevenfold spirits are on the life of a man, are residing in the life of a man, what else do you need in life? There is nothing else you need. There is nothing else that is required for life and godliness. There is nothing else that is required that is outside of this sevenfold spirit. The spirit of the Lord, the spirit of wisdom the spirit of understanding the spirit of counsel the spirit of might the spirit of knowledge and the spirit of the fear of the lord if the spirit dwells with you i mean this we are we have access to this spirit because we of course we are we are or, or we can actually approach the throne of god uh, the throne of grace boldly we cannot and the, this the bible says these spirits are before the throne these sevenfold spirits are before the throne. So when will you dwell in the throne of God and the presence of God? When you dwell at the throne of God, these sevenfold spirits are dwelling with you. So you can apply this in your careers. You can add, you can apply this in your in your in your in your in your in your endeavors at, outside the church in your business, when you're going for a business meeting, because I have the sevenfold spirit of God, I have the spirit of wisdom, I have the spirit of might, I have the spirit of knowledge, I have the spirit of counsel, I have the spirit of the fear of the Lord. I have those spirits abiding with me. Because I am on the throne, I can approach the throne now. That Those spirits accompany what I do. Those spirits accompany me at the board meeting. Those spirits accompany me when, when, when presenting a proposal, those spirits accompany me on an interview, in, in an interview room. Those spirits accompany me in exam hall. If we can just grab access to the things that we already have, because Jesus had conquered the grave, Jesus had led us as, as a firstborn from among the dead, had led us to the throne of God. And the spirits are in front of the throne of God. And you have access to it. Praise the Lord. Okay. So, all glory to him who loves us, uh, verse 5, right? All glory to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by shedding his blood for us. He has made us a kingdom of priests for God his Father. This is, let's just go into this. This is, let's, let's, I want us to just quickly finish uh, the introduction today and, and see where we can go from there. 
All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Look, he comes to the cloud of heaven and everyone will see him. Even those who pierced him and all the nations of the world will mourn for him. Yes. Amen. What is the scriptures talking about in verse 7 here? He will come, everyone will see him. Uh, um, later in the, maybe when we get to uh, chapter 4, we'll go back into Ephesians, Corinthians, and some of the letters of Paul and see the difference here. Now, these, a number of us then also mix, mix, mix of the sev- second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we don't know which one is the second coming or we just... Is rapture the second coming? Rapture is not the second coming of the, of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 7 here is describing the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, what is rapture? The Bible says, uh, Paul says, uh, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall all, not all sleep, but we shall all be raised in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. The trumpets are sound, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we that are alive will be changed and will be caught up with the Lord in the air. And we'll be, the, we'll, be the, we'll be with the Lord forever. That was that was Paul uh, talking there. Now, when he, when we hear the trumpets and the dead in Christ are rising for first, maybe we should read it. And then those of us who are left. Because this is this is very um, this is important. First Thessalonians four verse sixteen. Okay, let's. We will tell you. We will tell you directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet Him ahead of those who are, who have died. For the Lord Himself will come from heaven with a shout and the voice of an archangel and with a trumpet call of God. First, the believers who had died will rise from their graves. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we shall be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with this. So we shall be with the Lord in the air. We will hear the trumpet and be with the Lord in the air. This is not what's Revelations 1 verse 7 was talking about. When we when we be with the Lord in the let me just quickly give a, 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 a summary of what will happen in about seven years or three and a half years, depending on your school of thought. But I will explain that later. Just don't bother about the number of years for now. When we be with the Lord in the air, uh, that's what we're going to have this marriage supper of the Lamb. Remember that Jesus said he will not take of the last, that cup, uh, the Passover cup, the Lord's Supper. Jesus stopped at the cup of Thanksgiving, I think, uh, and he said he will not take partake of this until we get to heaven. So we're going to take the Lord's Supper with Jesus, Holy Communion with Jesus in heaven, and um, we're going to be we're going to be throwing a party for seven years. Um, I don't know if this is the, this is the best place to to explain this, or maybe let's let's go to maybe when we get to chapter four, I will explain it properly. So when we get to the, the when we get we will be in the air for seven years while the tribute, great great tribulation is happening uh, on earth. Then after seven years we will return with the Lord with Jesus on earth. 
And that is when the whole eyes will see him, those who pierced him. The old kings of everyone on earth will see him. So that is where what's uh, that is the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So when people are telling you, are you prepared for the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ? Now, of course, you know, God knows what we mean. God sees our hearts. He knows that we are talking about the rapture. But realistically speaking, or, or academically speaking now, the second coming of Jesus Christ is not for, we'll see here, it's for some saints. The left behind saints will also join us. But the second coming of Jesus Christ is not, is not, is not uh, is the time is coming as 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 a lion, not a lamb. It's coming. It's coming <coughs> to rot judgment on people now. So the the second coming of the Lord is not the rapture. Rapture is different. It will take place seven years or three and a half years earlier, um, depending on the school of thought. And I will I will explain this far far later into in the, in the, into the teaching. So please bear with me when I'm just saying those two things. So. Um, then, after the Lord's Supper, the marriage supper of the Lamb has finished uh, in the air, will return back to this earth with the Lord. That is when they will see him riding on a horse. Behold, he come riding on the... So when he is riding on the clouds, shining like the sun at the trumpet call, it is this second coming. It is when the whole world will see him. Those who pierced him, those who killed him, those who mock him, those who say uh, it is calm, those who say everything now, they are going to see him. The whole, the whole world will see him. And it's not going to be funny at that time. Okay, so I am Alpha, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Uh, Alpha and Omega, for those of us who may not know, uh, they are both um, uh, the beginning and the, the first and the last uh, um, uh, letters in the Greek alphabet. It's just, it's just like Jesus saying, I am, I am the A and the Z. So, uh, so that we know, yeah, we use it in in Christian, uh, in Christian, uh, uh, in our in Christianese now in our in our languages. But yeah, that that's what it means. So I'm um, the one who was, who is, who always was, and who is still to come, the Almighty One. So it's showing, it's telling you that this is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now John saw the 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 um, transform the victorious Christ not the crucified Christ. So he saw the glorified Christ. Uh -huh. So that is the correct word. He saw the glorified Christ. So I, John, I am your brother uh, and your partner in suffering and in God's kingdom and in the patient endurance to which Jesus calls us. I was exiled to the island of Papua preaching the word. It was on the Lord's day. I was worshiping in the spirit. Then suddenly I heard the a voice like a trumpet blast. It said, write in the book everything you see and send it to seven churches in the cities of Ephesus, Simna, Pergamum, um, Theatria, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. La Laodicea. When I turned uh, to see who was speaking to me, I saw seven gold lampstands. You see, another seven again. You can never be, you can never finish counting the number of sevens uh, in, in the book of Revelation. And standing in the middle of the lampstand was someone like the Son of Man. And of course, we know uh, if you've read the Gospels, Son of Man is a title that Jesus uh, uses to describe himself. So this was Jesus, he was saying. Um, he was wearing a long robe with a gold sash across his chest. His, his head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow. His eyes 
were like flames of fire. His feet were polished bronze, refined in the furnace. And his voice thunders like many oceans, ocean waves. He held seven stars in his right hand and sharp two-edged sword came out of his mouth. And his face was like the sun. Uh, his face was like the sun in all its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as if I was dead. I mean, see, there are some experiences. Um, there was a time, I don't know, I think... Uh, when we were still doing the Bible study on, on WhatsApp, I was researching on, on the ministry of angels. There are some experiences, there are some spiritual experiences that uh, that leaves you <laughs> like dead. I'm telling you the truth. If you've seen manifestation of angels, cherubs, in fact, I don't think anybody can see seraphs and, uh, and, and, and remain the same. But if you've seen cherubs, uh, they are quite, they are fearful uh, 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 beings. Although they are, are ministering angels, I mean, they are ministering, they are ministering spirits unto us, but they are fearful beings, I'm telling you. Uh, and um, so imagine seeing Jesus in all his glory. No wonder God had to cover the, the face of Moses to allow his, his glory to pass. He just saw the tail end of his glory and his face was shining. Man, our body cannot withstand the glory of God. Like we will, we would, we would disintegrate. Like the the matter in our bodies, we we, we we turn to. We cannot behold the glory of God. We cannot. We cannot stand the fullness of the glory of God. Imagine someone's face shining like the sun. Uh, when I saw him, I felt at his feet as if I were, I were dead. But he laid his right hand on me and said, don't be afraid. I'm the first and the last. I'm the living one. I died. But look, I'm alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys to death and the grave. So, see, people cannot threaten you with death and grave. The person that has the key is your father. What are you talking about? Do you, do you understand? What, who, who wants to threaten me with, with, with grave and death? You can't sleep in the grave for 21 days. My daddy has the key to the grave you are going to sleep in. I will lock you in there. I mean, when we Christians need to come with this, we, we need to we need to we need to develop this very, very um 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 uh um healthy self-esteem of who we are in Christ. Let's just go ahead. Uh time is almost up. Please type your question. Uh if you have um if you have questions, please type it. We'll soon wrap up. It's almost the end of the book. So uh, write down what you have seen, both the things that are now happening and the things that will happen in the future. So which means that this, this, is another, uh, this is another verse to confirm that he's talking about things that will happen, that will happen in the days of John and the things that will happen in the future. The meaning of the mystery star, the meaning of the mystery of the seven stars you saw in my right hand are the seven gold lampstand. The seven stars are angels, and the seven church angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. Okay, so that's the um, that's the end of chapter one. Uh, I, I think it's better we start chapter two next week because there are specific messages to churches. Uh, we'll see the the uh, we'll see the relevance to us in these days, and I believe that all these churches are still existing these days. That's the essential. All the seven churches.
So that's where we'll start from uh, next week. I hope you've been blessed. I hope you've learned a new one or two new things or you've been reminded of the things you know uh, previously. Thank you very much, uh, Mommy Tayojo. Thank you, Ma. Uh, um, like I said uh, on our podcast, about 33% of of our listeners uh, on our podcast are grandmas and grandpas, people in their 60s and 70s. So it is really humbling that we can find our mothers and fathers uh, listening to, I mean, a small boy like me. So thank you, Mars and Sirs, for, for listening and always listening. Uh, so in the absence of any question, okay, for the people on the podcast, I think I got a feedback uh, people that listen to the podcast uh, later and you have questions, please send it to me uh, via email at tolutokwadada at gmail.com. So the podcast people can do that, please. Uh, tolutokwadada at gmail.com if you have any questions or just follow me across social media platforms at tolutokwadada, any of the uh any of the social media platforms. Okay, Sister Elizabeth Wagu, uh, you want to ask about the seven churches? Yeah, we're going to do the seven churches next week. I mean, to take us about two weeks uh, minimum to treat the seven churches. But we start next week. We'll take the first three or the first four next week, and we'll see. Um, we'll see the relevance. And I'm going to be sharing some images ahead of time. It will help us to also. Um, um, have a, a, a better pictorial, um, uh, a better pictorial view uh, of of the of the description of the churches, what they did well, what they didn't do well, and things like that. Thank you very much, everybody. Let's just say a word of prayers as we close. Father, we thank you for tonight. Thank you for starting with us in this manner. We ask that as we go through the book, you will grant us open eyes, open hearts. In the name of Jesus, remind us of the things we know already and make us to learn new things and help us to be ready and prepared for your coming. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful evening. Goodbye.